0: It's a man that I knew uh, when we lived in Arvada. When we first moved to Denver, and uh, he and I would meet at the local drugstore, Starbucks every morning, and, and he, he, he often mentioned, he goes, you know, Joel, faith, hope, and love get a lot of attention in Scripture. He goes, but I'm going to tell you what I need. I need hope. I need more hope. Anybody need hope today? <clears throat> when Catherine and I started dating, uh, one of the things that I, I, I mean, really attracted me to her was her ability to compete. Now, see, most people in here don't know that about Catherine, but she's one of the most competitive people I know. She has the unique ability to, to be extremely competitive and sweet at the same time. <laughs> so when we were dating, if I couldn't out muscle her in a game, she would wear me out. But, but it's the sweetest person ever at the same time. Well, we dated uh, for a year. We were engaged for a y- year. And when we got married, uh, when we would go and visit Catherine's grandmother at her house in Irving, there was a game in her, her room that she had... She didn't grow up in that room, but she lived with her grandparents during high school. But there was a game sitting on a, on a table at the end of her, of her bed. And uh, when we got married, we started playing this game. This game requires great intellect. Rich, you got to stay with me here, man. Come on. It requires great strategy, thinking. It's a thinking man's game. And we started playing this game after we got married. We'd, 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 get, to, we'd get to bed, and, and she'd bring this game and put it right between us. And we would play. And I would think, man. Have you ever heard of it? It's Chinese checkers. Have you ever heard of this game? <laughs> I mean, I would study my next move, and I. Yeah. And she'd be over there painting her fingernails and reading something, and, and she'd go, Oh, did you go? Is it my turn? Well, yeah, it was your turn. You didn't see that awesome move I just did? And, and she's like, Oh, okay. So I would study some more, man. Listen, hey, I, how many years did we play that? Yeah, hey, a long time. Not one time did I beat her. And I realize now why she waited till we were married to pull that game out and introduce me to it. Because I'm going to tell you something, I, I'm a person that is also very competitive. I get emotional when I play games and when I play sports. sports they do something in me, man. It just, it, it rides. Now, some of you in the room, I get it. You don't, sports don't do anything for you. But, but for me, I mean, it stirs stuff in me. When we, even Chinese checkers, man, when we play that, I would be so mad. <laughs> Good night, honey. <laughs> Years, I never beat her. Last year, I saw a Chinese checkerboard at Walmart or somewhere. I bought it. I've matured over the years. I'm much better than I used to be. I brought it home. I always get I'm an early to bed person, so I was already in bed and she was in in the bathroom getting ready for bed and I pull out the board. Boom. Just like we used to, I put it right there in the middle of the bed and she comes out and goes, ah, what is this? So she climbs up. I said, buckle up, girl. <laughs> so, so we start playing. Guess who won? So <laughs> For the first time in history of all marriage. Hey, this is how bad of a winner I was. I stood up on our bed. I walked around our bed. You guys don't understand how meaningful that was to me. Yeah. Good night, honey. Sleep well, because I am. See, games, man, sports, they do something in me. They just, it stirs stuff in me. I love to win, and I hate to lose. These things called games, they, they stir emotions in me. And I have been blessed over the years to compete, to coach, in, in very important games. I love to win, and I hate to lose. Where we're going today in Scripture, I, I know this is Resurrection Sunday. Man, Jesus is alive, and, and, and we're going to get there. But I need for you to stay with me for a minute until we get there. We're going to be looking at a story, I want to tell you another story today out of John chapter 11. And if you have your Bibles, please turn there. Yeah, we get excited about that around here too. I don't have anything else to teach from other than God's Word, so you don't need my opinion. There's plenty of opinions out there, but we look at God's Word. John chapter 11. By this time, Jesus' ministry is in full swing. His his popularity is going viral. People know him. They recognize him. They know his name. He's put his crew together, and they're traveling around. And and we pick up in a story where uh, he has developed a friendship, some would even say a dear love, for this family that lived in a little village named Bethany about two miles outside of Jerusalem. 2 miles from here to King Super up on Smoky Hill and Himalaya 2 miles that's a short little walk he's developed a friendship you might recognize some of the names in that uh, family Mary Martha Lazarus they're buds i mean he, he loved that family we don't know how they got close but they're close They send word to Jesus, Lazarus is sick. He gets a word. His disciples are there and he says, Well, he's sick, but it won't lead to death. This is just to bring glory to the Son of Man. Now, I'm sure his disciples were like, What? What is that about? He decides to wait. They called. They sent word to Jesus, come in a hurry. Lazarus, your buddy, is sick, and he decides to wait. He stayed. In fact, he mentioned to the guys, let's go to another area. They were like, uh, what? And so we pick up this story in John chapter 11, verse 17. I'm going to read a longer passage than I usually read. I, I, don't, I don't usually uh, read from one this long, but I, I need us to climb into the story. And I told you the story about Chinese checkers, b- because if you're a person like me that you can get emotional about things, maybe it's not games for you. Maybe you go to movies and, and you cry at movies, sissies. but. Uh, <laughs> Or, or, or maybe, maybe you get emotional at that guy on the highway that when you finally have a clear path to go forward a little bit, he pulls in front of you on the highway. You know that guy I'm talking about? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's how you get emotional. But, but you're a person like me, that there are things in you that, that stir emotions in you, whether they're high or whether they're low. You're an emotional person. Let me tell you something. John chapter 11 is a chapter for me and for you because this chapter is packed full of emotions. We've got some sisters that have sent word to Jesus because they're scared. You ever had that emotion? Anybody scared today? Their their brother's sick and he's hurting. Jesus waits. He didn't show up. It's only two miles. It's from here to King Super. Come on, Jesus, where are you at? Frustration. Ah, Is it too strong to say anger? I I don't know. It doesn't tell us that. Second day, he didn't show. John chapter 11, verse 17, will pick up. If you're able, if you would be willing to stand in honor of reading of God's word. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb years days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, I wonder, I wonder what kind of emotion was on her voice right here. May I mean, Lord. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said, I, I know. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said, I am the teacher is here and asking for you. When she heard it, heard it she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not, not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep. Now when Mary came to the pl- came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying, Lord, if you had been here, my my brother would not have died. I just, I I just, I wonder the emotion, man. The range of emotions that they had been feeling over the last couple of days. Their pain was intense. The emotions were high. Verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping, the Jews who had, and the Jews who had come with her, also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have, have also kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, I, I wonder what his, her emotion was here. <laughs> what, what was going on in her mind here? When he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come on out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, "Uh, unbind him, let him go. Father, we thank you for this time together. We ask that your spirit would move among us and do in us what you want to do. I pray this in your holy name, amen. The emotions found in John chapter 11, it's a wide range of emotions. I mentioned sport. I mentioned games and how that can take me to the thrill of victory and also the agony of defeat. Well, what are the things in your life that that stir emotion in you? This story, we can see a ton of emotion. We see that Jesus came to a place uh, with them and, and, and it says that he was deeply moved when, let's just climb into the story for a second. Jesus waits. They sin. They call for him. He doesn't come. He, he delays. Let me ask you a question Have you ever called on God, called on Jesus, and he delays? He didn't do anything. You waited. You prayed for your marriage. He waited. You prayed for that work situation to get fixed? You prayed for a sick loved one? Nothing happened. It says that Jesus came to the tomb and he he was with the people that were weeping and he was deeply moved. Today, the entire Christian community celebrates the resurrection of Jesus, but I want to talk about another resurrection for just a few minutes. We see the despair. We see the hope that Martha had for just a moment. When Jesus came, she she ran out of town, outside the village. I don't know if there was a shade tree, but in my mind, that's how I picture it. Jesus and her are talking. there under a shade tree, and she comes and says, I call. I called, and you didn't come. And if you had been here, you would still be here. I want you to notice that they believed Jesus could do something while he was still alive. When they thought it was possible for Jesus to do something, they believed he could do something. But now that they don't believe it's possible for Jesus to do something, they don't believe it's possible. I wonder if we ever do that. I wonder if we ever look at our circumstances in a way and say, impossible. She came, and and she was honest, man. I called, and you didn't come. She goes and gets her sister. Her sister comes back, and, and, and Mary falls to the floor. She falls on the ground and says the same exact words. Jesus, you disappointed me. We called, and you did nothing. We knew you could, but you didn't. You hurt me. You've disappointed me. I feel guilty about it, but I'm angry. I don't even know how to deal with the emotions of of how I feel about you because I know you could have done something. It was possible for you then, but it's impossible for you now. Jesus said to Martha, I mean, we look back in the text, he says, Martha, he'll rise again. Oh. Uh, Silly me. (laughs) There for a second I had hope. There for a second I thought you could uh, That's That's silly for me to think that you could do something today. I know he'll raise, he'll be raised again someday. I know again, I know someday way out there that that we'll be together in heaven with you. Okay, I know that. But you know what, Jesus? That doesn't help me today. Mary shows, and and she's dealing with the same thing. And In fact, the whole crowd, they're all weeping. And it says that Jesus was deeply moved. As I studied that word, kind of got a a little better understanding of it. Literally meaning he was brought to a place of Anger, indignant. I wonder what angered him in that moment. I mean, if you guys can imagine, I mean, just the crowd of people and, and two, two people that you dearly loved, and, and a, Lazarus is dead, and, and they're weeping. I wonder what made him angry in that moment. And what does that facial expression look like? I think the thing that made Jesus angry was that the pinnacle of his creation was having to deal with the consequence of sin from the very beginning. Do you realize when God created the heavens and the earth and that whole creation uh, uh, incident in in Genesis chapter uh, (laughs) eleven, Genesis chapter one, John chapter eleven is where we are. In Genesis chapter one, creation, and He saw everything, and the pinnacle of His creation, He created man in his own image, and said, man, this is good. Do you realize that death wasn't in the picture? It wasn't in the picture. And then sin came along. And humanity has been dealing with the consequence of sin ever since. The pain, the grief, the mourning, the agony, ever since. And in that moment, I think we get a glimpse of the heart of Jesus. As he's standing there in front of his creation and they're wrestling with the the results, the consequences of sin running rampant among humanity ever since the garden. Death. We know the verse. It's my go-to verse, man. I use it often. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is... And we've been dealing with it ever since... And I think in that moment, Jesus, hating to see his friends and loved ones hurting and dealing with this pain. I don't think it's in the heart of Jesus to, to look at people that are in the midst of pain, to look at them and go, man, you just need to suck it up. You just need to pray more, get over it. Huh? Man, just trust me. Hey, read the Bible more. Just read the Bible a little bit more. You'll be okay. It's time. Go ahead and get over it. I don't think that's the heart of Jesus. We may have come across Christians with with very good hearts that'll say words like this. You'll recognize it. You may have even said them. Boy, it'll be a great reunion one day, won't it? One day. One day it's going to be a sweet reunion. And I appreciate that. Those are good words. They are. But you know what? That doesn't help me today. Martha says, that doesn't help me today. I know he'll be resurrected. I know we'll be with you someday in the resurrection. I know that. But I'm still hurting today. My brother's dead today. And I'm hurting today. And I wonder today, if you're here and you got pain in your life, the pain of regret, the pain of a broken marriage, the, pray, the pain of a, of, a, of a job that is you've lost a job. if you're in pain over some, some words that you've said and, and regret and the pain of the loss of a loved one, I wonder if you're here today and you have pain. We've been dealing with the consequences of sin. Ever since the garden. And I want you to hear today. This may be a word for you. Jesus gets it. He understands. She says, I know you've, we'll be with you in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus makes a statement that we need to stop and pay attention to. He says, I am the resurrection. I I am the life. You believe in me, though he has died, he he will live. And if if you're alive and you believe in me, you'll never die. I, I am the resurrection. I want you to notice one of three questions we're going to look at today. The first one is this. Jesus asked, Do you believe this? And she says, yes, I believe this. I believe that someday, someday, we'll be with you in heaven. And it'll all be good someday. But that don't help me today. Jesus was deeply moved. Mary comes. Jesus weeps. Now, if you're a person that's here and you say, Joel, I just, I'm not good at memorizing scripture, I want to point you to John chapter 11, verse 35. And I want to tell you, Happy Easter. Because <laughs> you can memorize that one. Jesus wept. Because see, I think Jesus, I believe Jesus gets pain. He understands it. You have places of pain in your life. I don't believe it's the heart of Jesus to just look at you and say, get over it. I don't believe Jesus is one that says, man, let's just sweep that under the rug. Let's, I don't believe Jesus makes light of it. I think Jesus is one who gets it and says, I want to be there with you. Look what happens next. He says, where have you laid him? It's the second question I want to know. I want us to, to look at He says, where have you laid them? I want to go there. They said, Lord, come see. And he went. It's the heart of Jesus to go with you to your place of pain. He gets it. The question that I'm wanting to to deal with today is a question that I believe a lot of people ask, and it's this question. Why should I care about Easter? What's the big deal? okay so I dress my kids up we go and get in more debt we buy a new outfit I dress my kids up we buy a bunch of candy we hide eggs we don't really hide them but we put them out in the yard and for our kids to go find them just cost money Joel why should I care about Easter my mom wants me to go to church with her so I go to church with her I know I'm kind of supposed to go at Easter and Christmas but really Joel why should I care about Easter what's the big deal Not only do I think that there are people in our communities all around us that ask that question, I think that there are Christians that sit in churches every week that wonder that same thing. Joel, why is this week different from any other week? Why should I really care? Yes, I believe that someday I'll be saved and go to heaven, but I'm hurting today. A lot of people wonder, and so I want to spend a few minutes answering that question people believe their eternity is secure but they're in pain today why should I care why should I care where have you laid him he says verse 34 where have you laid him I want to go there Check out those emotions. Jesus was angry. Now let I me mean, talk about a range of emotions. Jesus was angry. He wept. The emotions that are happening in this chapter, we all have pain. I have, I have mentioned before a friend of mine that a uh, friend of ours, that when we first came into teaching and coaching in 1988. Uh, one of the men that took me under his wing named John Ridlehoover, Big John, All-American defensive lineman for the University of Arkansas. Big old barrel-chested man took me under his wing. He and Stacy, his wife, helped Catherine and I understand what it meant to be a, helped her understand what it meant to be a coach's widow during football season because she never saw me. They mentored us. They coached us as a married couple, their, their children, little John and Ann, we were kind of Uncle Joel and Aunt Catherine to them as they grew up. Probably the dearest friend I've ever had. In 2000, Catherine and I surrendered to ministry, moved to Colorado, and within a couple of months of us getting to Sterling, we got news that John was diagnosed with colon cancer. And it was very aggressive. He was in trouble. That summer, his, his daughter, Ann got married. Catherine and I made the trip to, to Abilene, to, to the wedding. We were excited about the wedding, but we also knew that we were going to say goodbye to Big John. I'll never forget the day when we were, I was seated on the aisle. And Big John, I think they wheeled him in in a wheelchair, and then he was insistent upon walking his daughter down the aisle. And she helped her daddy down the aisle. And when John passed me, he grabbed my shoulder in the way that only a defensive lineman can grab a shoulder. And I'll never forget that moment as long as I live. Big John died not too long after that. I can't tell you how many times people said, man, we'll see him again. You'll see him again. And those are good words, and I appreciate that, and I know people's hearts are right, but I got to tell you, even today when I see little John posting things on Facebook, I'm reminded of big John. And I still hurt today. Yeah, I know there'll be a reunion, and I know that we'll be together one day, but today I'm hurting. I wonder if there's anybody here today. That's hurting. You got pain in your life. And I'm suggesting, and I believe this story shows us something about our Lord. That he says, where is your pain? Take me. I want to go there. Where have you laid him? I think he would sit down and he would weep with us. Take me. I want to go there. I don't want to go back there. It's a place of pain. It'll stir up things in me. Take me there. I want to go. I want to sit with you and I want to help you heal. I know that hurts. I want to go. So why should I care about Jesus? I mean, why should I care about Easter? I I left your... page in your in your worship guide blank in case there's something that catches your ear one of the questions i have that i want you to wrestle with is how is this jesus that we're here worshiping today how is it that he can come with me today to my place of pain and be with john at the same time in eternity that's comforting to me that he's there And it's comforting to me to also know that Jesus wants to come with me to my place of pain. Where's your place? Jesus wants to go. He says, take me. Where have you laid him? I appreciate the comments of one day, but what about today? I need you to understand something, and this might be something you write down. In fact, I think I have a slide for it. Resurrection is not just an event, it's a person. And his name is Jesus. We call this Resurrection Sunday. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection. And I am the life. Can I tell you that Jesus wants to bring life to your place of death, your place of pain? Because where Jesus is, that's where life is. Will you take him? Will you take him there? Joe, I don't want to go back there, man. I I just assume let that rest, man. It's past, it's over, and I just have come to a place in my life where I realize I'll deal with it. I'll just kind of deal with that pain the rest of my life. I, I, I just don't want to go back there. Jesus says, take me. Why should you care about Easter? Because the Jesus we're talking about today can be with you today in your pain and be with you as you wrestle with the past you wish you could ignore. He wants to be with you. I want to go there. You want to know why you should care about Easter? Because this man called the resurrection doesn't belittle your pain. He doesn't sweep it under the rug. You don't have to ignore it. You don't have to ignore it with Jesus. He'll go there with you. Why should you care about Easter? Because Jesus, also known as the Resurrection, wants to bring life to those dead places in your life. And he wants to do that today. Now listen, are you willing to do that today? Today. I mean, we're only gonna be here a few more minutes. Just another hour? (laughs) What are the dead places in your life? Where are they? Will you invite Jesus there? So let's go back into the story. Things are about to get crazy. (laughs) So they're there at the tomb. All right, let's go back. Martha meets Jesus outside of town. She weeps. If you'd have been here, they cry. She goes, gets Mar- Mary. Mary comes out with a crowd, and they weep. Jesus weeps and says, wherever you laid him, take me there. So they walk. I don't know if it was back through Main Street to the other side. I don't know where it was, but they make it there. They get to the tomb. The scene has just changed, and, and they're there at the tomb. And it says again, he was deeply moved and greatly troubled. We pick up there in, in verse 38. And, and he looks up, you got to see this guys, you got to climb into this with me. Everyone's got their eyes on Jesus when he gets there and he's full of emotion and he looks up over towards the cave and goes, roll away the stone. Yeah, really, really, go ahead, roll away the stone. And can you hear Martha, she's right there, Jesus please don't do that, Jesus, please don't do that, do you realize how bad it's going to stink, that's going to stink, so he's been in there four days, he's already started decomposing, see, four days was a big deal to the Jewish people, listen, for three days they believed the soul was still with the person, but after three days, the soul departs, it's too late, it is impossible, I believe you could have done something when he was alive. But Jesus, please don't, please don't, please don't roll away the stone. I trusted you when you were able to do something. I called you. You didn't come. Please don't do this. I don't. Can you see Jesus? Go ahead. Just roll stone. So they roll it away. Jesus turns his eyes towards heaven. He starts praying. Father, thank you for hearing me. I, I know you. I know I always hear me. I mean, whatever. It, it, but I'm praying this. I'm saying this so that they, you, might believe that you sent me. And can you see the crowd? They're all watching Jesus. I mean, they're listening as intently as they can. Then Jesus lowers his eyes, and he looks over at the grave. Lazarus, come on out now. Now, what did everyone's eyes do at that moment? I mean, what are the emotions sitting there watching Jesus He's crazy. He's lost it. He's lost it. He's who's he talking to? All right. And now, I wonder about those guys that rolled the stone away. And they're right there next to it. And I wonder if they're and they saw something move in there. And the suspense around there. It was. Like, Did y'all see something? And then. probably had the duck to come out of the and stands up now what's everybody's facial expression <laughs> i think about this scene and some of you know when i talk about joel's world how would some people in our church respond in that moment when god does something that is impossible In that moment, if we were part of the crowd, this congregation was part of the crowd. You don't want to look here. I'll just be honest. This is what goes on in my brain. Here's how I see Rory Tucker. Rory. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. That is my Jesus right there. Huh? Am I far off? Tammy Joe, did I miss it? Let me tell you how I see a couple other people. Let me tell you how I see Miss Rhonda. How I see Kathleen. I can't, I can't believe I doubted. I can't believe I doubted. That's my Savior. Savior. I thought it was impossible, he did it. I just know that there's people here today, and as much as sports stir emotion in me, let me tell you something that stirs emotion in me, I get so excited when I see my friends win in life, and it hurts me deeply when I see us losing. And some of you today are here, you're hurting, and you are saying to Jesus, Jesus, please don't roll away the stone. You can save me for eternity, but leave my today alone. And I'm just telling you, man, he wants to bring life to your dead places. When Lazarus came out of the tomb, he had to tell people, hey, God, come on, guys. You going to make him wobble out of here all over the place? Somebody go and tie him. <laughs> and they start unwrapping him. I wonder what his facial expression was when they took that cloth off his face. Was he, oh, was that his face? Or was he, yeah. and he can do it in you. Guys, don't leave today. Don't you dare leave today without the understanding that Jesus wants to bring life to the dead places of your life. Today. Why should you care about Easter? Because the one who holds your eternity in his hands, he also holds your today in his hands. And he wants to bring life to it. And there's some of you today that are still wearing your grave clothes. And you need to take them off. And you need to be free. I know you're hurting. There's pain all around us. We've been dealing with it since the Garden of Eden. And it's in those places of pain that today I want you to be reminded that the one who defeated death himself, because when Jesus came out of his tomb, he didn't have to be unwrapped. He was unwrapped. He did it himself. Yeah. And I believe today Jesus wants to unwrap your grave clothes and set you free. I'm going to invite the praise team to make their way back up. We're going to continue to worship here in just a moment, but I want to ask a few more questions before they lead us. Christian, if you're here today, and you would say Joel that is me i am one who i am one who is in pain and i'm also one who has looked at my circumstances as impossible and have forgotten that anything is possible with god Joel, I need hope today. I need life in my dead places. I don't want to be that person that just trusts Jesus for my eternity. I want to have the same faith that I have for my eternity. I want to have that same faith for my today. And Joel, I haven't been doing that. Today's the day where I want more of God. I want more. I want more. Christian, today I want to encourage you to do, to talk to God about that. That whatever your circumstances that you're going through, that you would trust him, that he is able. But y'all, I want to be careful because I've trusted him before. I've sang all these songs before. I've, I've tried it. He didn't show. He didn't do anything. And I... he's faithful even the dead places of your life can life can come out of those you may have lost a loved one they're not coming back john is not coming back but out of that dark place that place of pain in my life Little John Hoover surrendered a full-time ministry a few years ago. I don't think that would have even been a glimpse in Big John's thought process. That his son is a, is a men's ministry pastor at a large church in the Dallas area. Breathing life into them. Even in your dead, painful places, God can bring life. Do you believe this? But what about the people that are here today that have never, never taken off your grave clothes? You've never trusted Jesus. You've never heard that he loves you so much that he came and died on the cross. I mean, it's kind of the centerpiece of our churches. You've seen it. He came and died for me. That's how much he loves you. that's, That's how much he loves you. He came and died for you. He paid the price for sin so you wouldn't have to. He died and defeated death so you wouldn't have to. I tell you, let me be as plain and clear as I can today. and We're almost done. Jesus does not ask of you to come to church every week. That's just me. He doesn't ask religious ritual. The religious thing is not what he's asking. He wants a personal relationship. He says, man, I just ask that you admit that you've messed up. You have sin in your life. I just ask that you at least recognize that in your life. And when you recognize it, will you ask for forgiveness? I, I shed my blood on the cross so that you could have it. Will you admit it and will you ask for forgiveness? Will you turn from those ways? Repentance, it's a really churchy word, but here's what it means. Repent means that you're going one day, you're living life your own way, you're trying to figure it out on your own, you're doing it how you think is best, and you say, wait a minute, I, I've been living for me all these years, and I'm ready to live for God. I feel like God is knocking on the door of my heart today, calling me. I, well, I'm going to turn from my ways, and I'm not just going to turn and go a different direction. I'm going to turn towards God. Repentance is to turn towards God, and I'm going to walk his way. I'm going to learn. I'm going I'm to get in the word. I'm going to be taught. I'm going I'm to read. I'm going to start meeting with somebody and asking questions, and maybe they can help me, and I'm going to... Turn from my ways and turn towards God. Admit that I have sinned. Ask for forgiveness. Turn from my ways and turn towards God. Here's the big one ask Him to take over. Jesus, I've screwed this up. And I'm ready to turn my life over to you. Will you come? and be the boss of my life? Will you be the Lord of my life? My master? Will you take over? Jesus, I give my life to you today. I surrender. You can do that right now. In fact, let me ask you to bow your heads, church. Christians, if you're here today and You've done that, I'd like to ask you to begin praying for those who are wrestling with, with that right now. But today, if if you believe God is calling you to surrender your life to him, I want to invite you to do that. You tell him in your words, Jesus, please come and take over my life. I have sin. I need forgiveness. Will you forgive me? I want to follow you. I've made a mess of things. Thank you for loving me that much. Will you come now and live inside my heart? Give me a new heart. I'll follow you the rest of my life. You know, Everyone's got their head bowed in here. I want to, I want to talk to those folks that just now did that. If, you, if, if that was you, you prayed and asked Jesus into your heart, I need you to look up at me. Everybody else got their heads down, but I, if you prayed and asked Jesus into your heart, I need you to look up because I, I need to show you something. I have one of these that I want to give you. It's a Bible. I want to give you a Bible, and in just a moment, we're gonna, Kyle's going to have a stand again, and we're going to sing and worship. When we start singing, here's what I'm going to ask of you. In the same way that Lazarus was unwrapped from his grave clothes, I'm going to ask you just to come down here and grab a Bible from me. Because I believe there's something that happens when we kind of sync up the outside with what's happening on the inside. Joel, I'm going to walk up there I'm going to grab my Bible. I have it marked, I put a mark right here in in each one of these Bibles where I want you to start reading. But today can be the day of taking off grave clothes. And today can be the day of a new day of hope for your life. Christian, Christian, some of you need to take off your grave clothes also. And trust Jesus for what's going on in your life today. With the same kind of faith that you trusted him for your eternity.